to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Maya Meinman lives in Greenwich, Connecticut, and is a student at Rye Country Day School in Rye, New York. She has written and published three books and given two lectures on mindfulness, one at Wolfram Language Summer Camp and another on Harvard Zoom for Middle Schoolers. She's been working with Dr. Ellen Langer, the mother of mindfulness, psychology professor at Harvard, for about a year and a half, and they wrote a book together on mindfulness for middle schoolers. Maya, welcome to Momnificent. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Thanks for joining. Um, So Maya, what is one thing you have done recently that maybe you have or you haven't done um, for for a while that just brings you joy? Drawing. I haven't drawn in a while and I've been playing around with it and it's really fun. That's so fun. Is that from like something like um, middle school or younger years that you learned or is there a certain medium you like? I like digital art. I've just started with it. Digital art. Okay, that's totally new for me. So it's like an application where you're like painting online or... Yeah. (gasps) That's so cool. Oh, good for you. I know I'm sure with school, right? And all your assignments and stuff, you don't always... Do, Do you do sports? No. No? I do fencing in school, but I don't do anything out of school. Fencing. That is so cool. Yeah. So it's probably like, okay, when do I have downtime and can I do something that I enjoy, right? Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Maya, can you just start off by sharing with us how you define what mindfulness is? Mindfulness is the active process of noticing new things. So why really? It's because it helps you accept the fact that you don't know everything, which shows uncertainty. And you had an interview with Dr. Langer, you know, she always says uncertainty is good. And because it, when you notice new things, it makes you ask, makes you ask yourself, why did I never notice that before? And it allows you to understand that you don't know everything. So why is uncertainty good? Well, certainty is the essence of mindlessness. If everything is certain, you're not thinking of new possibilities or new ideas because you're stuck on that one answer, one explanation, that one possibility. And the fastest way to achieve mindfulness is to notice three new things that you've never noticed before. Last year, my English teacher, so this story probably won't sound real. I promise you it is. I honestly still can't believe it happened. But I walked into English class and everyone was just coming in and my teacher walked up to me. And he was like, Maya, you know, mindfulness. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you'd hope I do. I wrote a book on it. But he was like, I'm having this trouble with this one kid and I want to be mindful about it. And I'm like, okay, I was shocked. And so I told him to notice three new things because that's the fastest way to achieve mindfulness. And then everyone went silent. And he started looking around the room and pointing, going, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then some students started going, that was here the whole year. I never knew that was here the whole year. Did you know that was here the whole year? And then there were like a handful of students who were looking at me like I was crazy. But otherwise, everyone was like looking at things, noticing new things. It was amazing. 
That is so wild. Yeah, because I love how uh, Dr. Liger gives the example where they had two orchestras play the same exact performance, but just the second time they played it, they said, think of what you're playing and just think of one way of how you can do it just a little differently, which just brought them in tune, being more mindful. And the audience literally said the second performance was better. Better. I was like, get out. You, they could actually like like notice some some change even though you can't really like put your finger on it and they didn't know what the instrumentalists were actually doing to change something that's so cool i know i know ever since i had the interview with her it has totally helped change my world she's she's hysterical because she's like card stress is not real stress is made up in your mind it's just a thought and you can change your thought and i'm like wait a second so i've like been practicing what she's been saying and it's really shifted a lot of stress that i feel like i was taking on before I spoke with her. So to me, she's just absolutely amazing. And you had the opportunity to work closely with her, which is so awesome. So how did that start? Well, my dad was in Ellen Langer's lab, which meets on Zoom. And I always like to sit in on them just off camera because everything they said was always so interesting. And then I started being on camera. And then soon enough, Dr. Linger started asking me questions and my opinions on their ideas since they were working on mindfulness for middle schoolers and I'm a middle schooler. So I would just give them my ideas and my opinions on their exercises and experiments that they wanted to run. And I could really say like what I thought and they were like, oh my gosh, we never thought of that. Like they were thinking of counter forward, which um, they wanted to have students imagine that they're their older selves. So I'm like, oh, so they're pretending they're 30. And they're like, we were thinking more like 18. Because Just a couple years. 30 is like a bigger job. Yeah, right. So they were like, oh, my gosh, wait, that's such a better idea. And I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, really? So they switched it? Yeah. <gasps> Interesting. Wow, that's so cool. Did you, did your, did they do a practice in your school with that? No. No. Oh, I know they're trying to get places to really try and practice it with with that group so how did you get into mindfulness um what was your first exposure to mindfulness or how did how did your journey start well once my dad came back from I think it was New York and he kept talking about Dr. Langer and he was like whoa he told me all this stuff about mindfulness she told me all this stuff about mindfulness and it's just so cool and I was like that sounds awesome and I had been in school. They would have us do mindfulness. Okay. What did that look like? Through meditation. Okay. So where everyone was like, give us an example of what that looked like. So it was a grade-wide meeting where we would all meet. And then they would have us take deep breaths. Imagine you're on the beach and you're on your perfect vacation. And after I met Dr. Langer, I started realizing how that did not work at all. That's different. And so I just started noticing new things instead. And then my friends started asking me, what are you doing? And so they also started noticing new things instead. Oh, wow. So me and my friends, we were just being mindful. That is so cool. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. And then so you mentioned the counter forward. Do you want to explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, so there was an experiment, I think Dr. Langer ran it, and they had older men isolated on a retreat where all the things that they had when they were younger, like old DVD players, no internet, no electronics, and that lasted for about a week where they were on that retreat. 
And when they came back to their normal lives, they acted younger, they looked younger, and they felt more youthful. And so the benefits seemed amazing. And they called it counterclockwise. But then it was soon changed to be called counter forward because counterclockwise is just clockwise. So (laughs) the name was changed. And we're trying to use it on students to try and become their older selves. And when you stop and notice things around you that you might not have noticed before, what, what, what are you noticing? Like when, when you do that, what happens and why is that something you continue doing? I find that it's helpful because like, it's a little thing that you can do. It doesn't take too much time and you never really run out of things. I used to do it in the same room every time during those grade-wide meetings. And I always thought at some point I would run out of things, but then, you know, they were working on the place. There were new props in there and I saw those. And I realized that the bricks were not perfectly aligned, which I realized on like the third time I did it. And it's just really cool. I like doing it in the hallway sometimes or like before a test. And why would you um, want middle schoolers or other kids your age to learn about this and what might be a benefit of them practicing this? Because it has so many benefits. It's just so amazing. You can be like the best you you want to be. By just being aware. I I like sometimes just think of it like if we're just aware because as an adult, um, maybe you might have heard people say this like when they drive, sometimes I'm driving and I'm like, wait, what just happened in the last like 30 seconds? Cause I was totally somewhere in my mind and you're, you're still driving, but you really didn't know like what really you were like, it's just crazy how that happens. And then when you just stop and think and, and, and tune in, I guess be more aware is how I think of it. When I was talking to Dr. Langer, I was like, wow, if I just noticed something different or even thought of a different way to go to work is even another way because you just get so caught in the rut and the habit in the same old, same old. Um, yeah, so that was pretty interesting to me. Yeah. Hey there, it's Karn. I hope that you're enjoying the show. And by the way, if you're a mom who wants to learn how to help your child when they're struggling behaviorally or facing challenges in school, get started today by getting my free short video course, Three Steps to Happy Healthy Kids at www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in learning how to have a happy, healthy life with your kids. So head on over to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video and grab your free gift today. What is the difference between mindful memorization and mindless memorization? So typically memorization is mindless or can be. And you're a principal, you probably try and avoid having students memorize things like in world history, memorizing names and dates, because it's not really helpful if you're just going to forget it after the test. And so you can memorize without learning. You can just remember facts. And so I personally think of myself as a mindful person, but I like memorization. I've memorized Pi, Morse code, some sign language, and the five longest words in the English language and their spelling. And I enjoy memorizing, which is weird if I'm mindful, right? And I talked to Dominic Hughes, who's a memory champion who won some memory competitions. 
And he walked me through a few different memorization techniques. Like you think of your house and then you put the object in your house and then you can like walk through your house and you see all of the objects. And it seems mindful, it seems creative and it seems good, but I really just didn't like it. It doesn't work for me because it made my memorization more work, more rules that I had to follow because I would normally have trial and error and try and figure it out myself on what worked best for me. And so like if I'm memorizing pi, I have to think of, this might sound weird, but like a rhythm in the digits and I break it up into chunks. And then I can't do that for Morse code. I have to do a different way. I have to shift my mindset and think differently for memorizing Morse code and the same for sign language and English really long words. And I like memorization because it's so fun. I have odd techniques for memorizing things, like I said, with Pi, but it works. Are you a good speller? Depends. It depends. It depends on if it's like sometimes if you can see the if you visually see like when I think of of words and how to spell them somehow I can see them in my in my mind visually and I was wondering if all your memorization techniques if that's something that you've adapted to along the way that that really helps you sometimes if I'm saying pi like really quickly I can just see the digits in front of me that's amazing I know these kids at school memorize them like some like 700 digits or whatever and I'm like how in the world like these little little kids it's amazing to me so fun. <laughs> that's so all right so you wrote this mindfulness for middle schoolers book with dr langer and the ideas and concepts that she shares how did this come about well in the labs we were talking about having some sort of workbook for people to follow and so i just i was supposed to write a story and then have like things from the story of a workbook. Like the first story is about Arnold and Alice and Alice is mindful and she like thinks of good things that come from bad things. Like uh, I think it was her little brother knocked over her sandcastle and then she was like, yeah, the foundation was all off, let's build a better one. And then so Arnold learns from Alice and then the workbook part of it after that is having you write down something that you may not have thought was very positive and then you think of something good that happened that you may not have realized before. And so how how might a middle schooler use this or or who did you write this for and how how might they use it? I wrote it for middle schoolers by a middle schooler me and um, so basically you would like, if you're stressed about a test, there is part of it for stress. I like to think of the quote, um, pressure makes diamonds, but too much pressure in the diamond turns to dust because stress in small amounts is good, like to an extent, but then you don't wanna be dust. Mm -hmm. So there is part of it, which is based on Dr. Langer's research of you take the thing you're worried about and you think of three reasons why it won't happen and then three reasons good that could come from it if it does Mm -hmm. and I do it before I take a test that I'm nervous about and I find it works that's so awesome I love that and where can someone find this book it's on Amazon there you go everyone loves shopping on Amazon it's so easy and what are some examples and exercises to achieve mindfulness you've mentioned some already is there anything else you want to share with our listeners 
So noticing three new things. And um, there's one where you think of a like situation and then you think of five explanations for why, like a cash register, someone takes money from a cash register and then you think of five reasons why, because it could be they're a thief, but it could be they're just the one who made the sale and they're trying to get money from the cash register. Or my brother, he's seven, his favorite mindfulness thing is one plus one because he likes to say, what's well, one plus one? Then you say two and he says, no, it's one. Because if you're thinking of clouds or gum or piles of toys, then if you have one cloud and another cloud, it's one cloud. Yes. Yeah, I remember when Dr. Langer says that, she's like, what's one plus one? But if you only have one, one load of laundry and another load of laundry, it's still a load of laundry. And I'm like, yeah, she totally like pushes you to think differently than what you kind of like naturally or come to the conclusion of. Um, and her whole topic that she talks about on mindlessness is just so powerful because there are so many things we do where we do get just stuck in that rut of doing the same thing over and over and we don't notice something different or we don't think of what's one little change that I could do in doing what I've always done. I mean, when she said that, that really, really stuck with me. Yeah, you can do anything mindfully or mindlessly, like the memorization. You can memorize mindfully or you can memorize mindlessly. I think it depends on why you're memorizing. Like I don't memorize pi for a good grade because when would I ever need 200 digits of pi? But it's fun and I do it for fun. It's different than memorizing for a grade. It's different than memorizing names and dates for history. And history is still one of my favorite subjects because none of my history teachers have really made me memorize. Mm. Like my old history teacher, he would have us do cahoots and then yeah. you would post the cahoots afterwards because then you're learning stuff from it and you can associate the answers with colors, which is mm-hmm. what I start to do after a few cahoots. Yes. Which is cool because then when I'll think when the answer is like similar to it on the test, then I can see like the answer like sort of yes. in that color. That's so and cool. And then I know what the answer is. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. And so what do you hope to... Um, share or do or is there anything um, in your mind of ideas to help even more kids with this concept? There was an experiment where they split a group of people in half and told half to jump as high as they could and the other half to jump as if they're flying and guess which jumped higher? The ones who were told to think they were flying. Yeah. It's like your mind, you can always create something more than where you think you might be. Exactly. Or currently are, which is huge and so powerful. So so what's your message to maybe a parent listening who has a teenager? Try and be mindful and put yourself in their position. Like teens, middle schoolers, we're not like little, little kids. Like my dad always says, like treat them like they're adults. I've seen a bunch of videos where people have like talking to adults, like people talk to kids and it's hilarious. Like one, like you might think that a balloon flying away and a child crying over it is like weird, but then what if it was like a person talking about how their like car got towed and then you're like, oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it, which is what you'd say to a kid. That's so that's so true. And what about if a teacher is listening to this? Maybe they teach middle school, 
coming from a middle school perspective, what um, what would you hope or want them to know? Again, just trying to be more mindful, like thinking, because a lot of teachers sometimes give busy work just for homework because they feel they need to give homework. But students definitely appreciate when there's a day off from homework because just because you're not giving homework, there are many other teachers who are. Right. There's just like a lot on people's plates because even if you don't have homework that one night, you probably still have a test or a quiz, at least one to study for. Or a project that you're working on or... Yeah, that's so true. That's really great advice. Are there any tests or measures to determine how mindful someone is? There are a few, but they're not like proven, proven. Like Dr. Langer has a test. I think it's called the Langerian Mindfulness Test. And there are a few kind of like brain teasers that can test mindfulness. I don't know if you've heard of the one where it's Finished files are the result of scientific study combined with the experience of years. Okay, no. And it's how many Fs are in that sentence. And a lot of people think three, but there's actually six because of the word of. A lot of people don't count the F and of because it sounds phonetically like O V. And then hear the F sound or the F. There's another one. Yeah, it's a sign, it's a triangle. And it says Paris in the springtime, but there's two thes, and a lot of people don't realize. <gasps> yes, I don't know where that was. I saw that recently. I had to go back and read it because I missed it. Same. Yeah, it's crazy how your mind just like deletes information, or um, yeah, when you just really, really just stop and notice. So, so what's what's your what's your takeaway? What's what's one thing you want to leave our listeners with today? think from different perspectives that you may not have thought before and again just try and notice new things you're never gonna run out (laughs) and when you look at something it's not always what it appears to be exactly which I think what your practice does is um, looking at something and thinking of all the different things that it could mean because think about it like sometimes something happens and we assume like oh they just xyz have a bad day they they really don't 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 care about that they you know i think we make judgments all the time but if you actually were open to there's maybe there's a different reason or a different um, perspective or a possibility around that it's crazy what actually might be going on that a lot of times we assume a lot about which can and can't hurt us at times so yeah i really i really appreciate Um, you coming on today and sharing with us and it was so fun interviewing Dr. Langer and when she told me she wrote a book with you I was like what get out and then I looked you up and and we talked and 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 you responded to come on my podcast so so excited to have you today thank you uh, uh for taking the time to be with us thank you well that's all we've got for this episode of the momnificent podcast If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.